welcome to the Forge Leadership Podcast. This week's guest is Steve Adams, the author of Centerbrain and the founder and creative director of Centerbrain Communications. Simon Barrington asked Steve how his revolutionary approach to communications can help leaders articulate their passion and vision more effectively. So welcome to the Forge Leadership Podcast. Today I'm joined by Steve Adams. Steve is the founder and creative director of Centerbrain Communications. Steve, welcome. Thank you, Simon. It's Glad great to be, to be here. with you. Thank yeah, you. fantastic. So tell me a little bit about yourself and, and your journey and how you came yeah. to found Centerbrain Centerbrain. Okay, I'm married, have four children, uh, married to Ruth, and uh, we live in uh, South London. We have a family motto, which is uh, so many ideas, so little time. Um, and uh, Centerbrain Communications um, came about because I was wrestling quite a lot with the question of why is it that myself, that others I see, that organisations and leaders specifically are not as persuasive or influential as they would like to be or as they know they can be? Um, So that at the very heart of Centre Brain Communications says, how do you help leaders to become more persuasive, to hit their potential in terms of their influence? Um, And we, I set out to try and answer that, not just from saying, well, let's try this tactic, let's try that idea, start with a story, then use a stat or whatever, yeah, great as yeah, those are. Yeah. But I said, well, surely in the brain, we should be able to understand a little bit more about what it is that if you trigger in someone else's brain, yeah. that is going to lead to action. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Centre brain, the centre brain is, or call it the limbic brain, I call it the centre because it's yeah. in the middle of your brain. Yeah. That is the brain's action area. Yeah. And it's where leaders, yeah. in this case, yeah. need to speak if they want to elicit a response rather than a conclusion. Okay, brilliant. So was there an incident in your life that kind of catalyzed this for you? Was there something that happened to you that yeah, kind of good got question. you thinking about what happened was. inside our minds? No, there was, and it was rather unusual. I'm, at, I'm 18 years old. Uh, I've done a year off before university. I've gone to learn French uh, as part of a programme in Belgium in a small French-speaking okay. village. Yeah. Uh, I arrive and they give me a cassette because this being the 90s, you have Walkmans. <laughs> and they said, listen to the recorded phrases in French and memorise them. Yeah. Don't try and translate them. Uh, so I did that I spent a week with the other members of the team and we just memorized these phrases and essentially what it was saying was hi my name is Steve I come from England Uh, I'd like to learn French I love your village I'll see you next week goodbye and then (laughs) on week two I went and I knocked on 300 front doors people I'd never met and I said these phrases in French and at the beginning of the week I didn't understand them and at the end of the week I somehow my brain had begun to begin to understand them after six weeks I was dreaming in French, I had dreams in French, and I was thinking in French. For somebody who had not taken French GCSE, uh, after six months of trying the first year, uh, (laughs) they'd said, look, stop this, this isn't you. (laughs) I, at that point, said to myself, there's something going on here in my brain that I've been able in six weeks to think in French. And so that was when I sat, I remember sitting on my bed in Belgium and thinking, what is it about how I've set out to learn this that has... uh, essentially it's triggered the center brain yeah. uh, and that's where the journey began okay and what did you what conclusions did you well come so to it, w- what I, what i've since done is said well i think and this is through a lot of research and uh, trying it out in scenarios but i think there are about five triggers in the center brain yeah. any of which trigger or open up the action area okay. the bit of your brain that says we've okay. got to do something about okay. this okay 
And one of those that I began to understand in, in France, in Belgium, was that I would go and knock on people's doors and I would take with me sheets of pictures. So yeah. I might be learning about the car yeah. and I would go in and they would, we would talk about the word in French yeah. for the car engine or yeah. the car boot or the back yeah. seat. And I think what I began to do is say, hang on a minute, when I was at school, we didn't use pictures. Is there something that with a lot more thought and a lot more processing that my brain is, is responding to here? And I think what I, what I then did, jumping forward 20, uh, well, 30 years now, is I said, uh, let's consider now the primary language of your action brain. And if I said to your listeners now, uh, just shut your eyes or keep them open, doesn't matter. But think about the room you woke up in this morning. Now think about your mum or your wife or your daughter or somebody special to you. Uh, and then think about a red double-decker bus. Mm -hmm. And I'd ask you the question, what did you see? Did you see the word B-U-S spelled out? Mm -hmm. No, you saw a picture. Yeah. Because your brain, your action brain's primary language is pictures. Yes. And in our society today, we don't uh, instinctively use pictures enough. But I think what, what I found out, and I tried this through about 20 years, is if you pictorialize your point, okay. you speak to the limbic brain and you begin to activate the part of the brain whose job it is to say, so what are we going to do about it? Okay. Um, so that's one of five triggers. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, was, that all began in Belgium when I started saying, what is it about learning French that has enabled me to act on it and to get it? Mm -hmm. And it was pictures. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you're speaking to me and you're trying to get me to mm. think in pictures in yeah. my limbic brain so yeah. I take actions, what kind of vocabulary do you use to sure. do that? And yeah. How do you paint yeah. those pictures that enable yeah. that action? So if you... Uh, if you think about a great novel, think of a John Grisham novel or whoever it is you like to read fiction or, you know, Harry Potter, whoever, um, the words are the vehicle. Um, if you choose when you write or speak, so yeah. you might be uh, writing or speaking, if you choose not to load those words, the vehicle of the words with pictures, yeah. then the result is you speak to the outer brain. Yeah. When you read a fiction book, yeah. your brain and mine, they paint the picture of what you're seeing to the point where when you go to the cinema, yeah. you then feel offended because you think yeah. that isn't how it looks. Yeah. That's because your brain has done what it does best. Yeah. So to answer your question, if every time you, you know, a leader is trying to be, motivate someone to win a contract, to do an appraisal, whatever it might be, they have to work out what is my key message here? What is it I want to say? And how do I pictorialize that? That okay. doesn't obviously mean I show a picture or I paint a picture, although it can. Yeah. It means how do I convey? And one of the easiest ways to get into this is grab your favorite fiction book, okay. look at a page yeah. and work out how is the writer here beginning to paint a picture in my mind? Because the writer doesn't say, I'm going to paint you a picture. <laughs> they just do it. Yeah. And that's one of the keys that, yeah. that it's about beginning to think pictorially. Yeah. And because our brains are in inherently wired pictorially, yeah. um, and because the way we store our memories and make decisions yeah. is we have this huge photo bank in our brain okay. And if I walk out my house today uh, and I run into uh, somebody raising money for a great cause, mm -hmm. 
my brain will tell me what to do by pulling out of the picture library the last five times this happened, the photos that I stored, yeah. and that will lead me to respond. Which is usually walking past and exactly. <laughs> no, it, it's there. exactly it. Depending on the experience you had last time. Yeah. If last time the person turned around and said, I'd like to give you a gold-plated pen and a watch because you've listened to me, your brain will say, stop and listen to this guy or girl. Um, my point being that the more you understand about pictures, the more you understand that if I am uh, wanting to introduce an idea, let's say I'm having a conversation with somebody whose contract I want to win as a yeah. leader, yeah. if I can introduce uh, references to positive pictures they will have in their brain, yeah. their brain will deploy those pictures yeah. as opposed to if I inadvertently reference negative pictures. Okay. But what I want to do ultimately is leave them with a picture because pictures are like boulders on a beach. Yeah. When you talk just words, it's like you've written in the sand yeah. and the tide comes in and goes out. Yeah. When you plant a picture, yeah. um, it's like a boulder on a beach. It doesn't get washed away. Okay. And therefore so, you... so give me a real life example okay, sure. of maybe where a leader's doing a presentation and they've done that really, really well. Yeah. So, so make it really concrete for people. Yeah, okay. So let me give you an example that you'd all uh, possibly have had some uh, experience with. So uh, the London 2012 Olympic Games bid happened in 2005. There were uh, four countries, Moscow, London, Paris, New York, yeah. or four cities rather, uh, and they got through to the final. Yeah. It was widely reported in the press that Paris were in the lead, so much so that when it was announced, and we all remember the televised yeah. images when London won it, 54 of the 57 photographers were in front of Paris. Okay. It was so understood they'd won. <laughs> Something changed uh, in the final presentation, yeah. and... I know from somebody who was in the room and part of the creative team that around, they can't be sure, but around 50 votes jump ship. Wow. What was it that did that? Mm -hmm. Interestingly, it was one of these triggers, and I don't claim here that I enabled that, I wasn't involved in that, yeah. but it was the same trigger yeah. that was used. Yeah. And so in terms of what this actually looks like, the other three, so New York, uh, Paris and Moscow, yeah had brought in directors, Steven Spielberg, Luke Besson. They'd had the chance to make two three-minute films, and yeah. you can see these films on Vimeo. They had all answered uh, the question, what is it that will make your city brilliant for the yeah. Olympics? Yeah. And they'd shown the great, the great hotels, the great yeah. food, the great this, yeah. that, and the other. London said, we know we've lost, we've got nothing to lose, let's go different. Mm -hmm. And they answered the why question, which is another of the triggers for the centre brain. Mm -hmm. London didn't feature... It literally doesn't feature. It's mentioned twice, but you don't see London. Okay. So as a film to sell London as a venue for the Olympics, <laughs> you'd think, goodness me, they've really failed. Yeah. But in fact, what they did was sell the vision and the reason why the Olympics count. Okay. They answered, and this is one of the triggers, if somebody asks you a what question, yeah. give a why answer, okay. because that will speak to the action brain. Okay. If you respond with a what answer, yeah. you'll speak to the outer brain or okay. the conclusion brain. Okay. All you'll yeah. get is a conclusion. Yeah. They did that, and you can watch the film on Vimeo. Uh, it's online, and the, essentially the answer is that the, the people viewing, it spoke to their action brain. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't see London. They didn't need to, because what they understood is that we want this Olympic to mean something for the youth of tomorrow. Okay. And that was the message London okay. gave. And that's the why? That's why, the why. Why London? Exactly, why London? It's, um, it's gonna leave a legacy. I, so I remember exactly. that, I remember yeah. the key message was, this is about legacy. Exactly, yeah. this was about legacy. And what they'd done is gone around uh, to different countries around the world, different uh, ethnicities, shown children, uh, 
watching the London 2012 Olympics being inspired and then ultimately competing in the Olympics and the whole film was about Olympics is a level playing field it doesn't matter if you're living in a poor community in Uganda or a wealthy house in Scandinavia because they featured all of these what the message was is the Olympics are an open playing field to inspire the youth of tomorrow and that was the core message and that was what spoke because if you if you were to read the the center brain book and then watch these films you would see how they triggered each of these action areas okay so I, i'm a leader yeah i'm, yep. president. I'm preaching yep. in my church on sunday okay <laughs> yeah um how should i tr start applying some of these Great. How, how can yeah. i you know on, 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 yeah he, he, here's a problem for yeah. you to solve okay so on <laughs> sunday i'm talking about um never giving up yeah never losing heart yeah okay yeah um, how do I go about painting a picture for people great question that great question so I would say it, th there's this joke that says uh, kids in Sunday school and the teacher says what's grey and bushy tail runs up a tree yeah. and everyone says well I know it sounds like a squirrel but the answer must be Jesus <laughs> yeah. so let me answer your question by saying look simply at how Jesus communicated okay. if you if you layer these five prompts over everything he said every yeah. time he spoke he he deployed the center brain the okay. action brain okay. to answer your question therefore yeah. when he had to talk about a potentially controversial issue adultery yeah. so he had a bunch of men come to him stones in hands and yeah. a woman yeah. and it was a test but they brought stones they were going to kill her yeah. they were going to stone her according to the law Jesus didn't answer by doing what we would instinctively do you know, if we're asked to stand up and do a sermon on faithfulness, mm -hmm. crumbs, we, you know, how on earth is that going to go? Yeah. Jesus simply wrote, bent down and wrote in the ground. Um, and, and, and in this debate about what he wrote, he might have written uh, a bunch of names. Who knows? It's been theorized that he was writing yeah. the names of the previous adulterers, which were a lot of the guys with stones in their yeah. hands. Yeah. The point is, to, sorry, to root it in an example, Jesus started all his talks and sermons with a picture and an idea. So there was a man who, there was a fisherman who, yeah. there was a landowner who. Okay. So contrary to the Pharise Pharisees at the time and yeah. contrary to how most of us, when we yeah. hear preachers in church, yeah. they start by saying, you know, here's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. So Jesus didn't do that. Yeah. He always started with the why by telling a story. He okay. painted a picture. So okay. his listeners imagined, you know, oh, I can see the farmer now. There were two men who went and built houses, one yeah. on sand, one on yeah. rock. Yeah. I can picture them. Yeah. Um, so I guess the first thing is when, when I've listened to uh, keynote speeches uh, and some sermons, it's always obvious when the person speaking hasn't started by saying, instead of actually saying what they want to say yeah. through introducing a picture yeah. and letting the center brain draw the message for itself okay. out of the picture. Okay. The key point about the center brain is yeah. it doesn't want to be told the answer. Yeah. It wants to be given a picture or an idea from which it can deduce the answer. Okay. Um, so I think by doing a sermon and, and engaging people in saying what what is the issue here and letting them work it out for themselves. So start with a story or a picture. It could literally be, I walked in here this morning and as I walked in, I saw a homeless uh, 18 year old sat outside. Yeah. Let me just ask you guys, um, you know, whose fault is it that he's there? You know, he's sat there now in a in a hot jacket with holes in. He's got a fag in his hand. Yeah. You know, you're creating a picture. Yeah. If you want to then go talk about what what yeah. Jesus said to do for yeah. the poor, yeah. you've you've started to open up the center brain. Yeah. And what's the difference between telling a story and painting a picture? Is there yeah. a difference, or are they? exactly the same in the way that they sure. impact someone's brain or there are or are there different elements of story that create pictures so some stories yeah. do and some stories don't help, help so, us on that one. no sure so i i think that stories 
um, always paint a picture of some description. By definition, they're a story. They have key characters, they have a narrative which are going to paint a picture. Um, that doesn't mean that um, the, the, two, the two can be entirely separate. You can, you can create a picture in someone's mind as you have an informal conversation with them and not, not look like you're telling a story. So to give you then an example of a picture, I have a friend who runs a trafficking charity, human trafficking charity, and one of the examples that he and I have talked about around this area is if you want to introduce people to the issue of trafficking, you want to use a picture or maybe a story. Yeah. The tempting thing is to tell a story. This is a seven-year-old girl. Yeah. Her family have been through an yeah. awful situation. Yeah. Instead, you could do it like this. Yeah. You could say, uh, today, every 30 seconds, a child is going to be taken from their home forcibly yeah. because they're going to be trafficked. Yeah. The world's fastest growing global crime is trafficking. Um, the, the police that we've spoken to, certainly when I travelled in my aid and development days, I spoke to police forces around the world who said we're outgunned by the traffickers. So the challenge we have, for my friend's charity, is what are we going to do to stop this? How on earth can we stop yeah. it? Yeah. So I've painted a picture and I've said, this is huge. The yeah. world's fastest growing crime yeah. and it's happening yeah. regularly. Yeah. Is there anything big enough to stand up against this? Okay. And then, because okay. it's a Christian charity, okay. he introduces and says, the only thing that is capable of possibly standing against this is the yeah. world's largest voluntary network. Yeah. Yes, it's not driven by money, it's driven yeah. by love. Yeah. It's people all over the world, networks. Yeah. And in that scenario, it yeah. comes to a standoff, yeah. a simple standoff yeah. between the world's largest, fastest growing global crime and the world's largest voluntary network. Yeah. And the question is, which side will you be on? Because if you don't add your weight to one side, the yeah. scales, by not adding your weight, will tip yeah. the other way. Yeah. And you've created a simple picture yeah. without telling a story. I haven't mentioned yeah. names of children, yeah. but it's about using the things around you. In that case, yeah. the simple scales. Yeah, and, and I see how that picture's been painted and also the great questions in there as well. Yeah. yeah. yeah? And, uh, so what roles do questions yeah. play in this whole process of speaking to the the center brain and there are particular types of questions yeah. that work and yeah and, and that don't so because as i mentioned because the center brain uh likes to be given material or fodder to draw its own conclusions from okay. yeah. um that is why the prompts these five prompts around pictures around ideas yeah. around contrast one of them is they okay. all feed the center brain okay. so this isn't about manipulation you're not controlling anyone's center brain as yeah. if one could yeah. you're simply giving it yeah. the material or fodder that will help it to be able to think okay i get this i can work out my own conclusions yeah. so in terms of what the actual questions are I don't think there are specific killer questions, but they link to each of the prompts. So one of them, as I said, is, uh, you know, ask and answer why. Yeah. So instead of what? Yeah. Another is instead of um, just mentioning your point or your message, yeah. give a picture. Yeah. Um, another is turn your message into an idea. Okay. I'd challenge listeners to go watch a set of commercials on television yeah. and take a bit of paper and a pen and write down every single product and you will find not a single product's being sold with the product, it's being sold with an idea. Yeah. You know, advertisers yeah. know this yeah. well. Yeah. So that's the third prompt. Yeah. Then there's contrast, use contrast. Yeah. Um, and again, when you're, when you're framing questions, yeah. give people a choice. Yeah. If you give people one option, yeah. their center brain wants two, and therefore it'll put no okay. as the other option. Okay. So when you're doing financial asks, if you're yeah. trying to sell a product, don't just say to someone, would you like to support? 
you know, this child or would you like to buy this product? You've got to give an alternative. Okay. So I do it with my children now. It's yeah. something I've learned. Yeah. If you're saying, um, I want you to go to your room now and do your teeth, mm -hmm. then instead change it and say, look, if you go up to your room now, um, I'll set my timer. You can do teeth for two minutes. If you go up in three minutes time, oh, you'll have to do it for three minutes. Give them a contrast yeah, and they don't yeah, think of it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, about so, using the so, prompts to feed so, the questions. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. Now, one of the questions in my mind is, um, is this universally applicable um, for all audiences? So, yeah. um, you know, for leaders talking to their staff or they're talking to a client or they're talking yeah. to um, their donors, you know, what are the aspects of the environment in which you're talking to that you have to be uh, aware of? Or is it uh, not applicable, actually? <laughs> So my, my experience tells me and my research tells me that the human brain is the human brain. However, yeah. clearly, yeah. different people feed their brains different amounts of information, yeah. different types. People have different uh, abilities and perceptions. Yeah. Yeah. However, um, my experience says that the same triggers um, work in all people, okay. but it's how you choose to apply them that differs, which okay. I guess is common sense. That yeah, sure. If you were speaking to um, a group of uh, high value uh, multi-millionaires trying yeah. to win a contract for yeah. something yeah. you might you would still use pictures but yeah. you'd use pictures that are familiar to them okay. you would still introduce an idea okay. but you wouldn't introduce an idea that had resonance okay. for them okay. and again Jesus was brilliant at that wasn't he you exactly know, the landowner, the yeah collector, exactly he would pick his exactly story exactly pick your story pick, pick your, your story. pictures yeah for your audience so you still exactly. have to have an understanding of that audience yeah. and their environment definitely their it's all exactly it's about understanding audience as it always is in anything that's going to be effective and using what you know of the audience yeah. um, and again without blatantly making it obvious that you're now telling them an idea just introduce this idea and you will find it really really is interesting how when you introduce an idea yeah. rather than a message that people's centre brains come to life and they like, I love that idea. And the reason for that is ideas are generative. They spark in the centre brain of the person you're speaking with and they start having the idea. They start taking it forward. If you give someone a message, they're simply going to say, do I agree or don't I? Is There's nothing really their brain can do with it. Fantastic. Now, um, you previously worked for Tier Fund yep. and headed up their global brand yeah. team uh, for a number of years, and you got to travel. Yes, uh, seen pictures of yeah. you traveling with children as well. Yeah, does this work in Africa and Latin America and good question. Central uh, yeah. Europe? Yeah, are there differences? Very good question. Very good. So, a couple of answers. To that one is I've done this um, in different parts of Europe. I had the privilege of speaking at some conferences to marketing directors, uh, and it landed. It landed absolutely. Uh, recently, one U.S. organization invited me over there. I presented it to the whole organization, and it again it landed there. Um, but I suspect partly what you're asking is in countries which culturally may be more different yeah. than just yeah, Europe. No, and <clears throat> I've had the privilege of traveling uh, to lots and lots of parts of sub-Saharan Africa and parts of Asia. And in different ways, I have, in a sense, tested this. And interestingly, what I've found is that a lot of cultures, certainly in Africa, yeah. are far more naturally pictorial anyway. Yes. So um, y y y using pictures yeah. 
uh, will communicate and cross huge numbers of cultural barriers. Um, so I'll give you one example. I was in a community in uh, a country in sub-Saharan Africa and we were introducing a programme. Uh, I won't go into details with what the programme was because yeah. that's not particularly relevant, but introducing the programme. And we were sat around a log fire with a load of the village leaders. Yeah. Um, and, and it seems, you might say, well, it seems a little bit silly. But in terms of memorability... I just put a stick in the fire and, and it slowly caught. Yeah. And then uh, we talked about how by coming together and, yeah. and working out what they had in the community, yeah. they could in turn become the answer to their own problems instead of always looking around. Yeah. And I, I said, if you separate the logs out of the fire, yeah. um, slowly they'll go cold and go out. If yeah. you keep them together, uh, they bring their own heat. And I then said, and look at what happens to this stick and lifted yeah. the stick out. Yeah. It's a light, it can light another community. Yeah. And immediately they got it. And, and it, it, it resonated, they got it. And so the basic premises of use an idea, use contrast, um, they all appear to cross barriers. And much like you asked the question before with different uh, sociological groupings of people, in the same way different cultures, you've just got to know the culture and know are they going to understand this culturally. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, have you used this idea personally in the pub, at the school game, yeah. in your family life yeah. give me some examples of how that's changed who you are and what you do and how you communicate in your everyday yeah i certainly have in scenarios from uh, raising issues with my my children's teachers mm -hmm. uh, again believe it or not and it's really worth trying if you can paint a picture um it, again in a subtle way it's not like you get a sketchboard out but yeah. if you can paint a picture yeah. of uh, what you are trying to suggest might happen create an idea based on something it works but let me give you some specific examples um, we uh, with our children we went to uh, we had the privilege of going to Malawi of giving them an experience of poverty we wanted it's important to us and we wanted them to understand how privileged they are in the world um, we came back and said or while we were there we said okay how are we going to keep this alive in their memories now because it's pictorial and so much of what they saw is pictorial it'll always be there yeah. but it helps to have a reminder yeah. so we one of the things we did we caught chambo fish in lake malawi okay. and we just got a local carpenter to make this fish a chambo fish okay. shape okay. with all of our names carved okay. into it that's now awesome. you might say well that's a really small thing and yeah. it is yeah. but because the brain is pictorial every day it's under our door every yeah. day when the kids walk past it yeah. That will trigger them to remember. Okay. Uh, another thing, Ruth and I uh, wrote a book called Music to Move the Soul, which simply said, how do, you, uh, how do you take songs which young people and our kids are listening to yeah. every day yeah. and infuse them with a meaning okay. which has meaning for them out yeah. in the world? Yeah. Um, we, we wrote a book with small group ideas. When I came back from Malawi, I cut together a small film for the family that we watched at Christmas and a few times since, yeah. and I deliberately layered over it a lot yeah. of the tracks that are their favourite tracks okay. so that when they're out and they're walking home from school yeah. and yeah. on their, their headphones or yeah. on the yeah. car radio... Yeah comes this track yeah. that reminds them of yeah. this thing yeah. it's all about these triggers and prompts yeah. um you know that that allow them pictorially to be yeah. reminded so when you're working with leaders or organizations to introduce the center brain yeah. techniques how do yeah. you start doing that do you do you make them do a speech or something and pick sure. out all the holes yeah. in it or no, how, no. How do you, how do you so i'll invite them all at the beginning of the session to write down uh, the answers to several scenarios one of them might be elevator pitch you get in an elevator someone important says to you uh you've got tw 20 seconds going up the lift 
What is it you guys do? Uh, and at the end, we'll then go back and we'll review the answers against the lens of these five triggers. And we'll say, they'll work out for themselves. Am I triggering the bit of the brain that's going to draw a conclusion? Now, a conclusion can sound really positive. It's, you know, it can sound like, do you know that's so interesting? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And you think, great. Yeah. No, no, that's very different. You've right. prompted the outer brain. Right. What you want is someone to say, I would like to talk more about this. Okay. Some action. That's yeah, yeah, the action yeah. brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you've triggered, uh, when you go back at the end uh, uh, through the session, and these a lot of these people have what's called a defining moment. Genuinely, I've yeah. seen it happen again and again. People suddenly have that defining realization. The reason I haven't. Uh, when I've communicated or when I've told the story of our organization been in any way compelling yeah. is because, you know, objectively, I haven't triggered the action bit of their brain. Sure. Um, and so I tend to work with organizations by starting from ground zero, then helping them to see for themselves. Because the whole idea of center brain is that in car terms, it's more of a Haynes manual okay. than a mechanic who you have to keep going back to yeah. who's sort of yeah. deep intake of breath and yeah. here's the cost um so yeah that that's the kind of idea fantastic now who have you taught to do this who does it really really well <laughs> or who is there out there who you haven't maybe taught who who you see actually they do it really well instinctively or yeah yeah so um, in terms of, in, do you want names or, so yeah, in terms individuals of- individuals or organizations <clears throat> yeah, that maybe yeah. do their messaging really um, well. So yeah, there are a number of organizations. So I've worked with um, CAP, Christians Against Poverty, yeah. um, and I certainly can't claim to be uh, in any way responsible solely for, for what they do. Um, but they, they are a great example. If you go and look at their materials, yeah. their videos, yeah. um, what they do is, is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it, and the way they communicate it is phenomenal. Yeah. They give you memorable insights, specific uh, pictures, yeah. specific ideas. Yeah. They communicate who they are and what they do through ideas, not yeah. just through um, yeah. stories. Another great example, an American one, is Charity Water. Okay. So again, great example of an organization who who are built on an idea so they have several ideas in fact one of them is the 100% model that simply says if you give us 100 quid 100 quid will go to those yeah. who need it we yeah. won't shave off a single penny yeah. Yeah. or cent for our own needs yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they, they would be a good example in terms of the corporate sector I'm working with a really interesting corporate change management company called Isoria yeah. um, who whose mission is something they've described as consulting reimagined okay. so their theory is yeah. and it's proving very successful that a lot of the big corporate change companies um, like McKinsey are driving some clients away because the idea that they come they're so big they come with a one size fits all yeah. that you see the, the MD on day one and you yeah. never see him or yeah. her again yeah. and so they're saying well we've got a different model we're going to okay. reimagine consulting yeah. and again yeah. they are a pro I'm working with them to approach yeah. how they frame yeah. what they do yeah. uh, using these triggers and prompts. Brilliant, fantastic. Now, I'm sure you've inspired lots of our listeners to want to find hope out so. more. I hope so. Um, you've written a book. Tell us yes. about that. And you've got a website. Tell yep. us about that. And where yep. do people go if they want to find out sure. more about Sunbreak? So uh, if you go to Amazon, uh, it's on it's on you can get it in waterstones but it's on amazon the book and it's just called the center brain okay. uh, and it's by me steve adams uh, so you can order it on amazon uh, i've got a website which is uh, centerbraincommunication.com uh, and again you can email me through that uh, that's got a few bits of information about you know the the kind of the ways in which i help people leaders and organizations to work out and diagnose why am i not getting the influence i can get and i guess the premise behind all of this 
is that every single person has the ability to be hugely influential. Yeah. Um, but I think as many as uh, 60% of us don't deploy our potential. And so if, you, if, that's, if that's you, just get the book and read it. It's meant as a Haynes manual. It's got practical outworkings in it. It's not meant just to make you dependent upon coming to me and me having to charge you money. The idea is that, that you, can, you can absorb it and apply it yourself. Fantastic. Steve, uh, great ideas, great insights there for anyone who's listening. Thanks, Thanks. so much for joining us on Pleasure. the podcast. Pleasure. Thank today. you, Simon. Thanks for listening to the Forge Leadership Podcast this week. We'll leave you to spend the rest of the week honing your communication skills and seeking to create lots of pictures and emotional connections as you share your passion with others. We look forward to connecting with you again next week when we'll have another inspiring and motivational guest.